Welcome to the St. Louis City Press and International Friendly. I'm Nathan Halley here in today for Phil Halley, who's off cavorting in Buffalo, of all places. Uh, we've got a smaller crew today, but we are excited to be here. Uh, I got got Drew with me. How's it going, Drew? Orange, you glad I didn't say banana, Nate? <laughs> I certainly am. Certainly am. And as usual, all the way from Hanoi, Mr. Christopher Hoff. How's it going, Chris? Going great. Going great. Happy to be here. Getting ready for work. Uh, indeed, yeah. It's morning here, evening there. I I actually just got done uh, teaching a class for a friend of mine, and I've decided teaching is the hardest profession ever, and I never want to do it again. So anyone who can do it for a living, you have my, my huge respect and admiration. All right, so... Uh, midweek episode this is a new thing for us um how are we how are we feeling halfway between last game and the next one i this is like the worst part of the week for me i just i'm like i'm ready there's there's nothing how are you guys handling midweek i feel you i hear what you're saying this these midweek days there's no new content to look forward to there's the game is equidistant in the past and in the future. It's a tough, tough place to be. I, I got to go the other way. I don't think of myself as just a vessel for that needs to be filled up with constant content. I'm on. I feel like we have to enjoy this five and zero week because you know we go again, as they say, on Saturday. But until then, we are not only undefeated, top of the table. Uh, the best team that there is and that has ever existed right now in, in all of soccer, not just MLS, right? Uh, yeah. I think in, in, in all of organized sports. Oh, Oh, across the universe. Yeah. You can't argue with this flawless victory. I appreciate your positivity. I wish I had that. And if you're taking something to inject that into your brain, maybe we could discuss off the podcast. Man, if I could monetize the that idea stream, then I wouldn't be doing my day job or any other job. But you'd still be doing this podcast, I assume. Oh, I'd be doing the podcast. Yeah, this is, this is a labor of love, considering that we <laughs> all thought it was a joke for the first like week or two we were talking about it. I think the sponsors are coming, from what I understand. I, I'm sure that our marketing department is working hard in the background. I assume that's why we're short-staffed today, is other people um, are working on that side of things. Yeah, Phil's hitting the street in Buffalo, getting our Buffalo listeners uh, on board. So so, so the way I've been getting through is watching um, whatever I can. Watch the U.S. men's national team play the other night. Uh, watched it in Spanish, because I guess that's what I get for free with my, my FUBU TV package. That was a pretty good game. Fubu, like the jeans? Might be Fubo. It's not like the jeans. Nope, nope. Thanks for calling me out there, Drew. Anyways, you know they they won against El Salvador, or as my uh, wife said, Slovakia, because it was SLV. And then last night I watched a little bit of the the Canada game again in Spanish. Less less interested in that game, although maybe I should have been because our boy Kyle Hebert he he got his first cap. How about that, guys? We're all proud of him. Hats off to Hebert. He deserves it. 
Is there any controversy about him getting back in the team? That can't be a real thing. I feel like that's his that's his his spot, right? I think the mentality of of our guys, especially in that back line, is very collective and they're they're happy to do their job whenever their number is called, but I don't think there's gonna be any squabbling, especially uh, when everyone's played well uh, about who's on the pitch, as long as everybody's doing the job and we keep getting the results. Do you think Hebert will be back in the lineup this weekend or do you think they'll give him a, a break after the international travel? It's a great, uh, it's a great call. I'm excited to find out. <laughs> well, this LAFC winner was scored by a, a player who flew around the world and then basically walked off the tarmac into the stadium and scored the winner against Dallas last weekend. He parachuted in. No time to go through the security checkpoint. Just yeah, no customs. We wave, we wave all protocol. You know, I, I think it's a great point though, that whoever steps into that back line is going to be fine. They've, they've really just been solid. Um, Foreshadowing. I watched some more of the game. We'll get to that later, but Patrick, thanks for joining us. Happy to happy. I was able to make it. How are you doing on this midweek lull? Uh, It's tough. Every week is tougher than the last, the way this team's been playing. Yeah. So the other international news, I think, I think both of these go together in kind of a, a story that I'm painting in my head was our our young high schooler Perez scored in the U19 game against Argentina. How exciting. Did he score in the game against Argentina or the game against, was it Racing Club? Oh, yes. It, that's a good point. I, I'm not going to do the Google thing. I th- I'm not sure. He scored in one of the games. Um, either way, great, great story. Kid found in the middle of nowhere, Missouri, um, gets called up and, and goes and scores a goal. I think both of these cases are are great examples of what a great job Lutz has done, like putting together a team, maybe shows the depth of of the growing North American soccer talent. Like, Because part of what I've been thinking is, how can you have these two guys out there who are like unknown or not really tracked, and then all of a sudden, oh, St. Louis City finds them, and now they're playing for their national team? Like, Well, a lot of these guys had well not Perez obviously but a lot of these guys had played in the MLS before I mean even the ones who have some experience like Tim Parker uh, but even younger players Joaquini who came from Orlando uh, I think these guys have had some playing time and been cast off or unprotected in the expansion draft uh, as as was the case of those guys um yeah, so we have to. I, th- I think we're giving credit to the scouting department. We have to be. I mean, and it can't be one person. Although I would love to be uh, the chair of the Let's Fun and Steel Appreciation Society. I'm sure they have a, a bunch of team uh, guys on the on the team. It's a hotly contested election for that position. So good luck. I I recently picked up this book, The Incredible Adventures of the Unstoppable Keeper by Lutz Fun and Steel. I'm I'm looking forward to reading it. I meant to read it last weekend, uh, but didn't because I got busy. So maybe this weekend um, and then I can do a, a book report. But I think we should all buy it. We could have a little book club. Well, let's do that. And also, Chris, maybe next week uh, we could get an appearance from your friend in Hanoi who went to high school with Bradley uh, Carnell. Yes, I'm I'm in talks with him to get him on the show uh, and see what uh, 
what the old stomping ground was like. Obviously, the, uh, he's not a contemporary of Coach Carnell. He oh, graduated okay. some yeah. eight, ten years later. But uh, still, be nice to get an insight into to where he developed and I assume where he started his career in, in football-adjacent activities. So, as as Drew aptly mentioned, we're halfway. We're between. Um, has anyone had more time to digest how they feel about the the Salt Lake City game? I didn't get a chance to chat on the reaction pod, um, but for me, it was really a tale of of two halves, and I think a lot of that goes to to Mister Carnell. Made some adjustments at halftime. Came out. They they really dominated that second half. That was such a solid solid half of soccer it's too bad you weren't here for the reaction pot nate because phil definitely posed that question and we had nothing to give him in response to what was changed at halftime it's possible that i heard that on the reaction pod and came prepared for this one that he did he did make some adjustments at halftime which you know, you never know exactly what leads to what. It's a complicated game with a lot of chaotic things going on, but they they were definitely a better team in the second half. Any other thoughts now that they've had some time to digest it? Do we think, do we continue to think this team is legitimate? Um, do we think, do we think the rest of the league is going to figure us out and, and, or, or are we deserving of the, the rarefied air that we're being spoken of now? I think it's, uh, it's just definitely another, uh, acknowledgement of something we already knew that uh, Coach Carnell is is very adept at making these tactical tweaks, making key and influential substitutions in the right moment, and getting uh, them to work. Uh, and obviously, the players are a huge part of that as well, and their buy into the system and their their motivation to to perform when given the opportunity. But that was a dismantling of a longstanding and relatively, um, you know, successful MLS team in 45 minutes. It only took 45 minutes to rack up the score uh, after a pretty back and forth first 45. Uh, and I mean, that can only bode well for the future. One thing that I think that they do well and this is, you know, they went into Salt Lake City, which is notoriously a difficult place to play. Obviously not the most difficult in that day because I think attendance was down due to due to weather concerns. But they have been able to play high and low, like emotionally in control. You think you go back to that first game in Austin. I know one of my concerns is that people come out, they want to make an impression I feel like we see it over and over again in sports in general. You put someone in this high energy, high emotion situation, you, you know, first game in Austin, first home game, uh, and all you, especially going down in those and being able to come back, but also not riding those, those high moments for too long. I think the emotional control that this team shows is really one of their strongest suits. And to piggyback off of that, I think it's a great point. Uh, the fact that we're getting a lot of rotation early in the season, and and I think to a certain extent, the the high press, super high press system demands that you rotate your personnel to get fresh legs on. But the fact that we're getting 
you know, Perez on the pitch and we're rotating through our wide players and even I mean, something you normally don't see a lot of is rotation in center back, uh, especially when you want uh, your team to be stable and successful back there. Uh, and it's like, a, you know, all of these players are getting, you know, baptized in fire here. They're getting the, the pressure and the mentality uh, is this, you know, it's necessary to have that experience in order to have that emotional stability that you're talking about in stressful moments. We were all worried before, well, some of us were maybe worried before, that the altitude and the weather and the travel was going to wear on them. And they, they came out strong. I mean, they dominated the second half. You know, the, the second half and the first half, they were back and forth up and down the pitch. It wasn't like they were just lollygagging around, but they were strong. I didn't see a lot of signs of drop-off. Now, at a certain point, you're up 3-0, 4-0. The other team, they they knew it was over. Um and maybe weren't weren't pushing as hard and that that saved us but i didn't notice you know a drop off at 60 minutes or 65 minutes if anything that's when we turned it on and really were, were like all right guys this is this is over see ya so just a really really impressive game i i one other thing that i've been thinking about uh chris brought this up i believe on the reaction pod about the amount of fouls we're committing and i wonder how many of those are you know, tactical, maybe a loss of possession where we want to buy some time for our defenders to get back into position. Just looking at the overall league stats, we do lead the league in fouls, but not by one. We we lead by one. And, you know, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight teams. We're at 78. There's eight teams in the 70s of fouls committed. So not... We do lead the league, but not overly so. When we look at yellow cards, though, we're actually, I would say, on the lower end at nine. Uh, you look at Charlotte, who's just behind us with 77 fouls committed, 16 yellow cards. So while we do foul a good amount, they're not usually dirty fouls. I'll say they foul. haven't been costly and at all. They haven't. We haven't conceded right, a single penalty or had anyone get red carded. Uh, and the only, the most dangerous defensive action of that last game was when Bartlett slid in and the guy kind of took a dive over his leg. That was the only time that we could be worried about something like that. And that wasn't a foul. Well, I'm glad that there's some statistical uh, support for that. What was frankly just a feeling that I had, I mean, I had, (laughs) looked at the stats and the foul counts. I hadn't actually looked at the, the league uh, standings in that category, but uh, thanks for backing that up, Patrick. Chris, it's important to know that the most important analysis is the gut analysis. I think we all know that trusting your gut is the key to success. Um, sponsor Gutworks coming soon. <laughs> um, so... I'm going to talk about something local that's been bothering me, and I, I would definitely like to get the perspective on the ground of how the media is shaping up in, in Hanoi covering this. But I've been I've been a little irritated by the lack of coverage by local media. Maybe we've we've touched on this a little bit in the past, but it it is not as we were talking about earlier about the midweek lull. It does not feel like there is enough local coverage of this team, at least not to to keep me interested through the week, I would like 
more articles. Sometimes you have to scroll a long way on on the post or or there's not even anything. Um, any other thoughts on our, our media coverage? What I mean, it almost feels like we're trying to step into this void, provide the content that's not there. I can't uh, disagree with you, Nate. Uh, I was starved for validation, uh, looking for something to read about St. Louis City SE, vicariously you know, living through their success, of course. And I went to ESPN and ESPN turns out articles for fun. I mean, I'm sure bots write them half the time, not to disparage them. That's just the, the modern reality now. But there was nothing. No, like, and I don't know if it's our market uh, or, or what. I just don't know why. There was nothing about the result. Every other game, as far as I could tell, had a, a post-match review article. Uh, a headline was up. Uh, a couple hundred words was thrown on the page. St. Louis City's result against uh, Real Salt Lake, nothing. ESPN, nothing. Well, I'm Nate. I'm first of all, I'm sorry to leave you hanging there about the Gutworks thing. I'm pretty sure I have <laughs> stock in that company, um, but I get paywalled from basically all local news sources. So. I haven't been reading very much. Uh, I did notice that I, if I disabled my ad blocker, I could read the St. Paul Pioneer Press. I'd rather read the Minneapolis Star Tribune, but you know, you take what you can get. And their article was essentially just about how terrified they are of playing St. Louis. So that was heartening, and I did get my kicks vicariously through that. I would also suggest, Chris, if you need something, uh, try to find the Charlotte, one of those uh, Charlotte FC podcasts uh, reacting to our game against them. And that'll that'll help lighten your mood. I will I will seek that out. <laughs> the two that I've been seeing from the post are, you know, Tom Timmerman. He's usually has two or three articles per week. And I actually haven't listened to that podcast yet, the St. Louis Soccer Talk podcast. Hey, we're not talking up other podcasts, are we? Hey, but he's the guy. Like, who are we kidding? <laughs> and we should probably see what he's saying. What do they say? A rising water raises all ships or something? I've heard some night. I heard a nice interview on 101.1 with uh, Berkey earlier this week, just during my commute. Um, I heard, uh, and I think I've, I've actually been watching some of the pre and post game interviews and, and uh, I think Timmerman and Hockman are two of the two, clearly two of the main ones asking questions. Uh, but some of the other local podcasts, uh, some of some of them are at, throwing questions in for the for the pre and post game press conferences, um, which are which are interesting to watch. Most of them end up on I'll YouTube. Have to, if, I'll have to check those out. I actually haven't seen those. Yeah, yeah. When we get our press pass, we'll be involved in that. I assume. I have been wondering. Presumably, yeah. What is it going to take? Like, how many how many weekly listeners do we have to have to? to get in the um, in the room. I think we need to know more. the answer to that question <laughs> in order to get a press pass. So upcoming match, Minnesota FC. I believe we have some people with Minnesota connections on the pod today. General thoughts about Minnesota, the state or the FC? Best state fair in the land. I've not been to all 50 state fairs, but I feel confident in, in that. That's a good one. That's a good one. So I actually took an unprecedented step this week in preparation for this pod. 
I watched, uh, well, I can't say I watched the full games because that would have been too much, but I did watch the recaps of several of Minnesota FC's games. Um, and I came away with two thoughts. One, they look pretty dangerous on attack. So that's something to watch out for. But two, they look pretty weak at the back. And so I think we might be able to take advantage of that. Uh, one of the matches that I watched the highlights from was them against Colorado, who I pretty sure is universally believed to be one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, rightfully so, uh, owned by one of the worst human beings in the country. But but just known to be a, a, a not great team. And they were they were cutting them up in the back. So so I, I think there's a potential for a for a rousing game this week. I think we'll we'll get some some goals uh, because they just don't look that solid at the back. Uh, which which aligns with something I was reading that is kind of a a thing across the MLS that someone was was positing that in general uh, money and attention is spent on attacking in the MLS. Uh, that's where most of the DP money goes, I believe, and not as much attention is paid to to the the back line, and so you get maybe some some good up front and then weak in the back, which play together to create kind of a dynamic. I, I think we're going against that. Uh, so thoughts? Good up front, weak in the back. Would that be modeling your team after a reverse mullet? <laughs> yes, I think. <laughs> yep. That is exactly, exactly right, Patrick. Um, they are without their DP, Emmanuel Reynoso. The art, he's Argentinian and he hasn't never reported to the team this season. I tried to do some Googling, but again, was paywalled out from a lot of pertinent websites. But it seems like maybe he has some legal trouble in Argentina. Filling his his space is uh, Franco Frangipan, who is another Argentinian. Uh, and when I was over at... Uh, our um, colleague Philadelphia Halley's house uh, watching the Portland game a couple weeks ago. Um, we were watching some of the Minnesota match. It was the field was covered with snow, which is a weird way to watch soccer. Um, and when Helen, our friend Helen saw this guy from Japan or however you say it, um, she was determined to then uh, bake a friend Japan and uh, by all accounts, it turned out great. All right. Key insights into the upcoming match. Um, I took the opposite approach uh, to you, Nate, instead of watching all of the highlights, I hyper-focused on the first half and watched it in full of the Colorado Minnesota game. And I did notice that uh, their structure and uh just general mentality towards defending was to be behind the ball, especially in that first half. I think that game opened up in the second half. I wouldn't know because I didn't get that far into it, but it appeared that they wanted to sit back and defend deep against Colorado in that first game. I'm not sure how that relates to uh, their perceived weakness in the back. Maybe it's, you know, they're trying to compensate for that or something, but in addition to that, their keeper in that first half was uh, very woeful with the ball at his feet. Uh, he, I don't know if he was purposely clearing it out and being super safe, 
under no pressure. But I feel like when we apply that high press and the keeper finds its way to the or the ball finds its way to the keeper's feet, he's going to struggle to make plays with it. That might pay dividends. Well, and I definitely think that that is the kind of thing that our high press, as you're mentioning, really takes advantage of. It it forces you to make decisions faster than you want, and that's the kind of thing you can screw up pretty easily. So that'll definitely especially, be something to watch. Especially when the party's in the front and it's a week in the back. <laughs> Exactly. We all know that's no way, no way to go about anything. Party's always got to be at the back. <laughs> Makes you vulnerable to the city press. Take a drink. All right. So as we do every week, we're going to have some score predictions. I've I've been wrong two weeks in a row, so it feels like I need to also again guess wrong on purpose. Um, but we'll start with Drew. Drew, what are you thinking? How are you feeling? The the boys from up north are going to do. I think this one's going to be pretty open and shut. Uh, 3-0 with a Klaus hat trick. <laughs> At least you're consistent. I love the consistency. I was so I was so hoping for the hat trick last after week. After this after this week, after this week we've had not much to worry about. You know, I'd be surprised if he didn't get a hat trick. Patrick. Uh, I do think hopefully we will keep the trend of scoring 3 consistent and I'm going to go 3-1. I did, I think Two clean sheets is great. I think it's going to be hard to keep a third. And I do worry a little bit about some of Minnesota's attacking. Mr. Hoff. Second week in a row that my prediction was stolen by the person speaking immediately before me. So I'm going to go ahead and say 4-1, thinking maybe I underrated our guys last week. And uh, I do not see a clean sheet in the cards for us. I think our press is going to be very effective. All right. Well, I think I'm going to go. See, I wanted to go three-one also. No, you have to say it's going to be a draw. I guess it's going to be a three-three draw then. Three-three draw. <laughs> there you have it. Six. Goals. That's going to be exciting to best. watch. It's going to be exciting to watch for those of us in the stadium. Chris, we got to get you to one of these games. Yep. Can't wait. Someday. I would like to take a quick moment to uh, shout out to City 2, who literally at the last second of their game tied it up, forcing a shootout, did lose in in the shootout, but never say die, City 2. They really looked to the better team for most of the game, which I saw. That was a really exciting ending. Who were they playing? Timbers 2, I believe. Okay. Will that be up on Apple TV at some point? I'm unclear on the status of replays on Apple TV of City 2. I thought I may have heard someone saying it was not available. We can check that and uh, confirm. If they want to um, give us the scoop, uh, by all means, Apple, and if also if they want to be a potential sponsor, um, you know, I'm sure Tim Cook has ways of reaching us, reaching the podcast. And for those of our listeners who are looking for a cheap way to get down to the stadium, uh, 13 bucks, I believe, for City 2 tickets, uh, general seating. Uh, looks like there was a pretty decent crowd there for a reserves match on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like getting down to the stadium as in paying for transport. No, 13 no, no. 13 bucks uh, would be a pretty good deal back and forth. 
back in the back when Chris and I used to live in Soulard, the the way to do it was just go to a bar and get on the the free shuttle over to the stadiums, whatever whatever it was. If you needed to get downtown, Hanoi, Hanoi, and Wednesday. We haven't done that. All right, Patrick, put a minute on the clock. Is this the Wednesday minute or the? Yeah, we'll do the Wednesday minute. Then we'll get our report from Hanoi. All right, let's do our proper Wednesday minute introduction. Nathan, I do believe I have 60 seconds here on the clock. Would you like to hit us with the Wednesday minute in three, two, one? So I think we may need to stop the Wednesday minute because ever since we started the Wednesday minute, a team that had not lost in 23 matches has now gone uh, three losses and two draws. It's 45. It's been a travesty. Uh, they played tonight, actually, um, against Cheltenham. They drew 2-2, which was great because they were losing 2-1 into stoppage time. They are now in second place, so still in the automatic promotion 30. spot, but uh, no games in hand anymore, and only four spots ahead of the team behind them, Ipswich, that's won like eight in a row. So things are looking kind of questionable. And if they lose again this weekend, I think that will be the end of the Wednesday minute. With 10 seconds left, there you have it. The penultimate Wednesday minute. Isn't, I'm not a London insider, but isn't Cheltenham like a dog dog track or a horse track or something? I, I don't know. I think I heard that on Piggy Blinders at some point. Are they a big, you know, is it a big soccer hotbed or is it just, you know... Are they really into dog racing? We need to know more about Cheltenham. Call in, please. Cheltenham listeners, we're looking for you. Give us your insights. Yes, we can have you on a special spot on the pod next week. So, By call in, we mean somehow communicate with us without any specific channel provided. Right. Just type in every link possible, and eventually you'll get to the one that we use to record this show. Start now. So, and Chris... We- Sorry, Nate, oh. before we – about your impending plans to, to end the Wednesday Minute, we're actually for the first time ever recording the Wednesday Minute on a Wednesday, your time at least, right? We are. So I maybe just now realize that. that has been the missing ingredient to this. I think magic. you're right. Oh, I feel so much better. I'm going to be able to sleep tonight without the chugging the NyQuil. So that's great. Oh, goodness. So, Chris – How's uh, any updates from from Red Star? Have you had any games since we last talked? No, we haven't. Uh, we had a very uh, intense and fruitful training session on Tuesday, um, and if you know, in lieu of a game to evaluate and compare, I think uh, if anything, the match will be the most uh, high energy yet from our squad, uh, St. Louis City SC. Personally, I felt uh, in top form uh, at training, and I would like to send these vibes to Klaus, wherever he may be, and and I mean, doesn't look like anything can stop him, and I hope that proves to be the case against the Loons. I'm glad to hear that you're feeling well, Chris. I think that can only be good tidings in general, but also for Klaus. Interestingly enough, we do have a tough game on our horizon against our perennial rivals, Minsk FC, coming up on Saturday, which I feel like is the placeholder for 
the Portland, or sorry, no, the Seattle St. Louis showdown at the top of the table coming in two weeks. And do they fly in from Belarus for this match? Uh, no, they ride their Minsk motorcycles from uh, down the street. Oh, okay. Which uh, are from the, Belarus. What are the standings looking like these days for, for Red Star? Uh, we are in fourth place. Uh, and we're one, we're a couple points out of the, the Champions League qualification. Uh, we do have a Champions League model. It's not been played in a couple years, but hopefully this is the year we break that, uh, that bad tradition. It's a, it's an end of season showdown with the top teams in Saigon, uh, in Ho Chi Minh City. They have a, a pretty successful league, too, of similar size and quality, and we're hoping to get together with them and have an end-of-season tournament with our best teams against theirs. So we need to make that third spot to qualify, so that's our goal this year. Are there any play-in spots? Are there any play-in spots for Huey, you know, Hoi An, some, uh, some of our other, Fuquak Island, perhaps? <laughs> Until such a time that they can win the... Uh, Danang International Tournament, uh, which is seven aside, which is sort of the the bellwether for qualification in the, uh, the Champions League, such as it is. Reasonable. Presu- presumably those Champions League's matches will be broadcast on some form of domestic television here in the United States, probably be in sports number seven or something like that. So we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you in the Champions League. Hopefully Red Star can make that last spot. All right, around the room, any final thoughts going into the weekend? Drew? Uh, paid for the whole seat, only need the edge, Nate. Pat? I'm looking forward to seeing Joaquini hopefully keep keep his goal streak alive this weekend. Chris? I'm looking forward to a game uh, in a model we haven't really seen yet. I think Minnesota are going to give us a lot of space and they're going to sit deep and then we're going to be asked to uh, create ways into uh, their box given a lot of time and not necessarily on the counterattack or in high press situations like we have. So I think we're going to handle it well because we got the personnel, but I think it's going to be a little different than what we've seen before. I've got one last thing. Um, we have a forward um, named Jackson, who had a cup of coffee against um, um, San Jose the other week, wore amazing purple boots, and is a Minnesota or Minnesota United FC old boy. So get him in the lineup. I'd say I'm looking forward to two things. One, another pork steak sandwich for Beast Barbecue. They're delicious. The other is I hope I get to see a dinner in play. Uh, really like him want to see more time from him hopefully he'll he'll get some this weekend so we will see which of our predictions come true and we'll chat with you more on our on our post game show thanks a lot guys we'll talk soon please leave a comment wonderful listeners we, we can't wait to hear from you give us ideas for segments give us uh give us your feedback and chris how can they reach us best it's a great question nate as our host. What's your phone number? <laughs> we, I guess, should we like... All right, I'm going to... Try to email Tim Cook at <laughs> apple.com. It'll get to us. Yeah, exactly. 
I think we're going to make a, a, a Twitter account right now, aren't we? Yeah, and a, a Gmail. Could it be Mastodon? 